Well, it's that time of the season. We get to talk about the ball games and give you our previews and predictions for them. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Of course, this show available on the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search Heartland College Sports. And also on the radio, we've got affiliates across uh, the Heartland, no pun intended, And if you are, by the way, a new affiliate, I know we have some affiliates who are just carrying this show around the holidays because they've got some, uh, you know, fillers that they need. We're grateful for you. Um, I'm Pete Mundo, by the way, the founder of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. It's a website, as I noted, focused on the entire Big 12 conference, top to bottom. I've owned and operated it for several years, and it's great to be sharing uh, this space, this show, with many new audiences around Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, and Iowa as well. Uh, Let's start off, and and here's what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to preview and give you my picks against the spread for uh, three Big 12 bowl games. The three games, the first three games of the Big 12 season, I will give you my previews and predictions for, and then the rest of the games I'll do next week. So uh, the first Big 12 bowl game that we are going to have, is one of the most exciting Big 12 Bowl games on the schedule. It's Texas Tech and Mississippi State. Yes. Yeah, no, yes, Texas Tech and Mississippi State. And why is that a big deal? Well, because the Mississippi State head coach is Mike Leach, who used to be the head coach at Texas Tech, who has sued him, who has been arguing with them for over a decade since he was fired from them. Mike Leach says that Texas Tech still owes him $2.5 million from his contract. All right, I mean, this is a great storyline, an absolutely outstanding storyline. It's the first time Mike Leach will have played Texas Tech since he left, since he got canned. He's been at Washington State. Now he's at Mississippi State. He's never played Texas Tech, and now they're playing in the Liberty Bowl on Tuesday. And it's just like it's one of those things you kind of have to be a college football nerd to be into it, but I think it's going to be outstanding. I think it's going to be absolutely great to watch uh, these two teams and, and Mike Leach go at it against his former team. And not because any of the Texas Tech players really care about Mike Leach or even know anything. I mean, they were in elementary school when this happened over 10 years ago now. But for those of us who are just college football fans, uh, it's, it's an awesome storyline. Now, for the game itself, all right, if you look at the game itself, uh, Mississippi State playing in the SEC West had a solid season. They had a very solid season, and you got to look at it and say, okay, what about Texas Tech? Tech did not have a very good season. They went 6-6. Six and six. They you know, pulled an upset over Iowa State to become bowl eligible, whereas Mississippi State had like a win over Texas A&M on the road. Never saw that coming. They beat a solid Kentucky team at home. They won on the road at Auburn. So they've got some very nice wins. Um going into this game. Now, what matters as much as anything in these bowl games when you're analyzing them and talking about them is who's playing and who's not playing. A big piece missing for Mississippi State is offensive tackle Charles Cross, who is expected to be one of the top offensive tackles taken in the NFL draft. He's skipping the bowl game, so that's a big hit for them. But with all that being said, uh, I still like Mississippi State in this game, And there's a few reasons for that. 
it's a team that I look at and I say, okay, uh, some of the wins that I just mentioned are very solid wins. They've got a quarterback in Will Rogers, only a sophomore. They're built to take a big step, by the way, in 2022. And frankly, you've got a Texas Tech team that just isn't very good. I, I hate to put it that bluntly, but this Texas Tech team's not that good. I mean, they've got Donovan Smith, at quarterback. He's going to play. Uh, he's been mediocre at best. He's got some decent wheels, but there's just uh, there's just not much there for the Red Raiders on either side of the ball. Where you say, is this team going to keep up with a program that uh, beat Texas A&M, that beat Kentucky? And then on top of that, Mike Leach. Like, I think Mike Leach, if he can in this game, he'll win this game by four touchdowns. No questions asked if he can do it. He he wants to stick it to Texas Tech so badly, so badly. He's not going to care one bit if he's running up this score. If they're able to completely shut down uh, the Texas Tech offense and, you know, their offense led by Will Rogers – who did very well in that air raid. He completed 75% of his passes. He threw for 4,500 yards, 35 touchdowns. He was overshadowed in that SEC West by, you know, Bryce Young who won the Heisman Trophy and Matt Corral, first-round pick expected out of uh, Ole Miss. But this dude can spin it, and he is going to spin it all over, all over the uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders, and I don't see this one working out well. I, I just don't see it working out well for Texas Tech. So I'm – I'm taking Mississippi State, and I'm going to also take the points. Mississippi State minus 9.5 in this Liberty Bowl game against Texas Tech set for Tuesday night on ESPN. Next up, we've got the Cheez-It Bowl, one of my favorite named bowl games between the Iowa State Cyclones and the Clemson Tigers. So this is, if you're a Big 12 fan or certainly an Iowa State fan, this is the last time we'll see a lot of this core group together that turned around the Iowa State football program under Matt Campbell. Guys like Brock Purdy, guys like Mike Rose. Uh, we already know that Brees Hall, the running back, is not playing in this game. He's getting ready for the NFL draft. Charlie Kohler, stud tight end. A lot of these guys that helped this thing, you know, turn around over the last three, four years, got to a Big 12 title game last year, won a New Year's Six game last year. All of that, all of these guys are done after this game if they're playing in it at all. And Brees Hall's the main one who's not playing. But uh, still, that's that's what makes this special. And that's why, you know, these bowl games, I'm into them. I know that the top players are opting out and they're getting ready for the NFL draft. And I don't blame them one bit. But if you're really a college football fan and you like the sport for what it is, you like also finding out who's going to be next. Like, that's the part of this that's fun, too. For Iowa State, uh, the expectations are Jarrell Brock is going to be the starting running back. And yeah, a lot of people think that uh, there's not going to be, I don't want to say there's not going to be a drop-off from Brees Hall. Dude is, you know, two-time Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. But uh, a lot of people are very high on Jarrell Brock. And, you know, if we're watching this guy tear it up against Clemson in the Cheez-It Bowl, that's going to be a lot of hype, a lot of hype going into next year. This guy was a four-star recruit. He picked Iowa State over Iowa, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Missouri. So, you know, he was ranked as the 11th best running back nationally coming out of high school. So I think a lot of people are going to be happy with what they see out of a guy like Jarrell Brock. Six foot, 215, big dude, big dude. So I, I'm not as worried about Brees Hall not playing in this game. I do worry about the Iowa State offensive line keeping Brock Purdy upright. But 
always motivation matters, right? Like we talked about earlier, Mike Leach, motivation matters playing his former team. And in this game, you know, Clemson's a program that's used to playing in the college football playoff. Now they're playing in a Cheez-It Bowl. You think there's a whole lot of juice there for Dabo Sweeney? He's just lost both his coordinators, by the way, to other head coaching jobs. Brent Venables going to Oklahoma, his OC going to Virginia. So he's lost uh, staff. He's got players that are used to playing in college football playoffs. Meantime, you've got an Iowa State team that, yes, played in a New York Six game last year and certainly did not live up to this year's expectations. They were preseason top 10. But this is it for these dudes. This is the end of the road. And if they want to end their college careers on a high note, by the way, I think Iowa State fans are going to be showing up in a big way down in Orlando next week. That can play a difference in games like this. And I just think Iowa State's got the motivation, and they definitely want to end the careers for a lot of these guys on a very high note, very high note. So I'm taking Iowa State in a low-scoring game. I'm seeing something like 21-20, and I will take the Cyclones plus one over the Clemson Tigers, basically a pick game. But I will take Iowa State plus one in the Cheez-It Bowl next week. And then we've got the Alamo Bowl between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Oregon Ducks. So it's interesting, right? Because you've got two programs that at one point thought they'd both be playing in the college football playoff. They were both at one point in the top five. And now they're playing in the Alamo Bowl, which, you know, for a lot of teams, that's a successful year. For Oklahoma and Oregon, it's not. They both also have new coaches, which is uh, – Obviously, a very interesting element as well. I mean, that's something that you can't overlook as they get new coaches. Oregon has Dan Lanning, who is the former Georgia defensive coordinator, and Oklahoma has Brent Venables. So who's motivated? Who wants to be there? Who wants to be a part of this game? Who wants to be, you know, involved in this moment? First off, I think Oklahoma is just the better team. I want to make that very clear. Oregon stumbled down the stretch. Oregon got blown out by Utah. 38-10 to in the Pac-12 title game. Barely beat Oregon State the week before that. And then lost on the road against Utah as well um, towards the end of the regular season, 38-7. to They lost to a Stanford team that got crushed by Kansas State early in the season. The Pac-12 stinks. The Pac-12 absolutely stinks. Anyone telling you otherwise is, uh, you know, probably on the Pac-12 payroll. It's a bad – this year was just a – a really bad football conference. It's just BYU won every Pac-12 game. I mean, it's just, it's it's a joke. It's a bad year for that conference. Now, who's motivated? Well, to me, I think Oklahoma has a lot that it's playing for in this game. I know some of their key players aren't going to be playing, guys like Isaiah Thomas, but still, you know, the best player, by the way, on the Oregon Ducks, Kayvon Thibodeau, he's not playing either. I mean, this guy is a top NFL draft pick, most likely. So he's out. He's an edge rusher, projected top five pick in the draft. So, yes, Oklahoma's also going to be missing some guys. But, you know, are you missing a top five NFL draft pick? No. No, you're not. And what you are bringing into this game for the Oklahoma Sooners is Caleb Williams, your quarterback. And, you know, with each passing day, it's looking more and more likely like Caleb Williams is going to stay with the Oklahoma Sooners and not enter the transfer portal. 
That is a great situation for OU. Great situation. And I think that Caleb Williams is going to go into this game and uh, try to light things up and kind of try to help stabilize this program going into the offseason. There is life after Lincoln Riley. And I see also Bob Stoops having a big role in this game. Remember, Bob Stoops, the former OU coach, is coaching the Sooners in this one. He took over the minute Lincoln Riley left. Bob Stoops came in and took over the program. The guy was the head coach for, what, almost 20 years. And I think for Bob Stoops, these guys are going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to play. They're going to want to win this one for Bob, whatever you want to call it. And I think that motivates Oklahoma to a very solid win over this Oregon team that, frankly, I don't think is great and is also missing a top-five pick in the NFL draft. So I'm taking the Oklahoma Sooners with a solid 7-10 point win and covering the 4.5 point spread in the Alamo Bowl next week. So there you go with the initial uh, Big 12 football bowl games that are taking place here in the next few days. Those are my picks straight up and also against the spread. We'll get you the rest of the picks uh, next week in the show. If you're once again a radio affiliate who is carrying this maybe for the first time, just know you can get those picks. Uh, Listen for the podcast. Go download the podcast and subscribe to the podcast. Search Heartland College Sports wherever or Pete Mundo wherever you get your podcasts. Now, before we continue on the show, I've got to make sure that I uh, people ask me, Pete, what can I do to help out the site, help out the show? Simple thing, mybookie.com. Our promo code is Big12, that's Big12, and you'll double your deposit up to $1,000. And bowl season is here. We're giving you those picks, and I'm placing all my bets at mybookie.com. And uh, if you haven't you know, used them yet, you definitely should, and just get free money, by the way. So you can use those uh, extra dollars for the NFL games, for other bowl games and other conferences. I mean, bowl season's the best. It's just so fun. Kick back, you know, between uh, – Christmas and New Year's and watch some football, drink some beer and see how those wagers play out. And uh, you can help us as well in the process growing the show because I think we've got some exciting news in 2022 that you're going to like. MyBookie.com, promo code is Big12. That's Big12 to double your deposit up to $1,000 today. Go check it out. MyBookie.com, promo code Big12. Now, something else I want to spend some time on here is, you know, we have no idea, by the way, what games might be impacted by COVID-19. We saw that Kansas's game got um, canceled against Colorado the other night because of COVID-19 issues with the Buffalo. So it's just, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea what's going to happen. And it also creates a scenario where you may be missing some key players, not because of NFL draft opt-outs, but because of COVID-19. And I saw Stuart Mandel. He writes for The Athletic, I think he's with now. And he's like, you'd be crazy to bet on the bowl games because you don't know who's going to be playing because of COVID protocol. I'm like, geez, who called the no fun place? I mean, that's, uh, bowl games are chaotic they're nearly impossible to predict because you don't know who actually wants to be there, who's motivated. But, you you know, you place a friendly wager anyway here and there. I mean, come on. Just get – it's okay. It's all right there, Stuart. We're all going to live. You place a friendly wager, just don't go over your head when it comes to a, uh, you know, a bowl game and uh, have some fun with it. I mean, that's what the week between Christmas and New Year's is for. You sit back, you try to, try to take a breather if you can from work. 
and you kick your feet up. You you know you putz around the house a little bit. You do some things need to get done. You try to catch up, get ready for the new year, but do a lot of R and R. And for many of us, you know that means just kind of kicking your feet up, having a beer, and watching some college football. And if you got a wager on whatever the game might be, Oklahoma minus four and a half against Oregon. You know, just uh, don't uh, don't go over the top, all right? Do what you can and uh, have some fun with it. But, my goodness, oh, be careful. We don't know who's playing because of COVID. Just uh, relax, Stu. Jeez, relax. These guys, I'll tell you, these guys are just, whew. You know, we had a conversation on the show last week about who the powers are going to be in the Big 12 moving forward. And Oklahoma State and Iowa State got the most attention. Baylor fans were understandably upset about that. And I I think it's fair to say not putting Baylor in that category as future Big 12 powers is is something that should be done. Should be part of the conversation. The Bears have earned that right. Heck, they're national champions in college basketball. They're number one in the country right now. In football, they've been in the Big 12 championship game two of the past three years with different head coaches, by the way. I I know that it's a private school. I know that it's Waco, Texas. I think Waco's a good town. I don't know if you've been down to Waco. I've been. You know, you got Chip and Joanna Gaines sitting sidelines at the basketball games. Um, And it's not sexy like Austin, Texas, or as sexy as Austin, Texas. I get that. You know, doesn't have the history, say, of a Lawrence, Kansas. Um, So I understand that. It's not close to a metro like Norman, Oklahoma. I understand it's not a state school, obviously. As I noted, it's a private school. So it doesn't have the reach, the alumni reach of of the state schools. But still, I mean, Baylor has proven, whether it's the past 10 years in football, nearly 10 years in football, to, you know, what we're seeing take place on the basketball court, this is a team that has every right to be part of the conversation when we talk about where the Big 12 is going to go from here. Now, they're never, Baylor's never going to get the national attention, right? I mean, that's just the reality. And, and I'll share this with you if you're a Baylor fan, by the way. Like, on the website at heartlandcollegesports.com, I'm able to see and track the biggest fan bases, who drives a lot of our viewership, and who reads the most stuff that we have and where the numbers are. This is not a knock on Baylor. This is just a fact. I mean, the stuff that we write, that we post about Baylor, gets some of the least traction on the website. Now, it may just be a numbers game. I don't know. Maybe there aren't enough Baylor fans who are aware of us yet. And Baylor alumni, I think that there are plenty, but I know a lot of them. They reach out. They listen. They read what we write. But just on a pure numbers basis, Baylor is, for us, one of the fan bases that it just doesn't drive traffic. It just it, it doesn't. Now, the guys at Sikkim 365 kind of have that whole market cornered through a great service, great website, great subscription-based deal that they have. Um, so I know that, you know, they have a whole business model off of Baylor fans. So I know the fans are out there, but for whatever reason, maybe they just don't branch out. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I'm just telling you, it's never going to be a program that gets nationally discussed in mass. It will on this show because we focus on the Big 12 Conference. But I'm talking about in mass in a big way, looking at the Baylor Bears and saying, that's a team we got to talk more about. That's just not going to happen at a place like ESPN for some of the reasons that I just, you know, brought out and mentioned. 
So that's that's an important thing that you know needs to be brought up as well in terms of looking at where the future is for the Big 12. You're far more likely to have people talking about a state school, even if it is Iowa State, and that's not a knock on Iowa State, but, you know, it's not a traditional blue blood program or anything of that nature, and Iowa State fans would tell you that. But you're still more likely to get some mileage out of that and out of, you know, say an Oklahoma State than you are a Baylor. That's just the reality. But Baylor, in terms of on-field success the last decade, no doubt about it, deserves, absolutely deserves to be in that conversation. Uh, since we've been on this show last week as well, got confirmation that Adrian Martinez is, in fact, transferring from Nebraska to Kansas State. He's going to be the next quarterback, expected to be the next quarterback of the Kansas State Wildcats. As long as, and I didn't watch a lot of Nebraska football. I watched a lot of Kansas State football. As long as they are not asking Adrian Martinez to heave it downfield and be super successful in downfield passing and use his legs, all right, that's what I'd be looking to do if I'm Chris Kleiman. And you know what? Uh, we know what Skylar Thompson was. Skylar Thompson, nice player, great leader, not the best passer in the world. But the other thing that's going to hurt Adrian Martinez a little bit is he's not going to be ready for spring practice. He suffered a shoulder injury, couldn't play in the season finale, off-season surgery. So he won't be involved in spring camp for K-State. So I... It shouldn't be a big deal for a guy who's a veteran. He just better have his head buried in that playbook. And that's what I'd be wanting if I was Chris Kleiman and I was trying to, you know, see if I could get this guy ready for the 2022 season to be my starting quarterback. But I'm still wondering what happened to Jake Rubley. All right, what happened to him? Four-star guy of Iowa, right? And uh, nowhere to be found this past year, despite the fact that Thompson was hurt. I don't know what that was all about. I, I can't figure that one out. But having a guy like Adrian Martinez in the program is definitely a good thing for the Wildcats. So as we wrap up the show, by the way, I want to uh, turn gears to the college football playoff. Oh, my goodness. Do you see this? So the college football playoff policy was written this week because of, you know, COVID and what's happening there. With the Omicron variant spreading. Now, thank goodness the Omicron variant uh, appears to be a variant that is uh, not going to put you in the hospital and God forbid kill you. It's just it's especially, especially for, you know, college athletes. But still, it does spread. It is easily transmissible. Um, So the college football playoff released its COVID-19 policies. And here's what they're going to do. This is crazy. If one team is able to play in the title game and the other can't because of COVID and the game can't be rescheduled, the team that can't play will forfeit and its opponent will be declared the national champion. If both teams can't play on either the original or rescheduled date, the game will be declared a no contest and the college football playoff national championship will be vacated for this season. Oh, my goodness. You can't make this would be, by the way, the perfect way to end and kill the college football playoff. Yeah, that, that, that to me would be the best way to do it. Oh, gosh. I mean, the thing has become such a joke. I was all about it because I thought the BCS was bad. But then it's like, you know, the grass is not always greener. Cliche, but so true. And when Baylor and TCU got screwed that first year of the college football playoff, 
in favor of Ohio State because of the logo on the side of the helmet, I was done. I was done, and that was, what, seven, eight years ago now. Ridiculous. Absolutely. And they, you know, they change the criteria every year. It just, it, they make it mean what they want it to mean based on who they want in the playoff. It's a joke. It's got to go to, I would go to eight, but it's probably going to go to 12 teams. But a perfect way to kill off the college football playoff would be to have just this ridiculous no contest because you can't fit in a national championship game because of COVID. Like that would be just a great way to send this thing off into the horizon and say, yeah, uh, we're done. Now, there's no evidence they're going to expand it by next year. But if I could do it that way, I'd kill it off this year by, you know, having a no contest because no one can play because of COVID and then uh, basically saying it's time to start from scratch. And by the way, this is also the year where the college football playoff semifinal games are on New Year's Eve. Never a fan of that. You know, New Year's Eve to me is about watching corny Ryan Seacrest do, you know, foolish things. And New Year's Day to me is always college football. But you know what? I'll live. We'll get through it. That is if there's college football to watch. Oh, boy. Already seen, a, you know, Texas A&M got hosed this week. They're not playing in their get bowl game because of COVID spread. So here we go. Here we go. Let's see what happens. By the way, I got a new stock of koozies. If you want a Heartland College Sports koozie, leave me a five-star rating and review on this show on iTunes. And then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I will get you a koozie in the mail. Screenshot of your rating and review. And then email it to me, Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It's my way of saying thank you, guys, because those ratings and reviews on iTunes make all the difference in the world. And hitting that subscribe button and then sharing it with your friends as well through word of mouth. Appreciate you guys. Have a, a great Christmas. Happy holidays. Bowl season gets underway next week. We'll have more picks next week as well against the spread. And don't forget about MyBookie, speaking of the spread, all right? MyBookie, our promo code is BIG12 to double your deposit up to $1,000. I'm on Mississippi State minus 9.5, Iowa State plus 1, Oklahoma minus 4.5. The rest of the games I'll give you next week. We appreciate you guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon on heartlandcollegesports.com.